Keep your hands and head inside the vehicle at all times. Buckle your seatbelts, check your mirrors, sit on back and relax. It's lights out and away we go for the Tall and Short of It podcast. Happy New Year, everybody. You're listening to the new and improved Tall and Short of It podcast. I'm your host, Justin. And I'm Aaron. Welcome back after a nice winter break. Um, we've... Uh... We're excited to be back. We've done a little bit of updating to some graphics, to some designs and things like that. Um, So, yeah, really happy to be back doing the podcast and to be upgrading the quality for you folks back home. So, Justin, how are you doing? It's been a little while. Yeah, yeah. Over the holidays, we took a break, uh, see some family, eat some food. We'll get into all of that, I'm sure. But yeah, like you said, just good to be back. Good to see you. Um, Good to be here. And uh, yeah, I think we've got a pretty decent show lined up, some things to talk about, some some things to set up moving forward. Uh, But yeah, happy to be here. Aaron, give me your uh, give me your holiday breakdown. How was it? Um, it was good overall. I got to spend nice time with um, my family, Colleen's family. So we did the the Christmas Eve seven fishes where um, they have just all different types of seafood munched on that uh, Christmas Eve, saw my family Christmas morning, and then went to her big extended family thing uh christmas night so it was busy it was kind of hectic but overall really nice to spend time with each other's families together i got to meet um my sister's boyfriend for the first time and all um so he seems like a pretty good dude um so yeah definitely uh a nice and i'd say overall pretty relaxing uh break but how about you give me a give me a rundown for your uh winter holiday it was overall pretty uh pretty easy going i had well sarah had uh well me and sarah had my parents over for dinner uh she cooked a she cooked a nice little meal and then i lucked out didn't have to do christmas at her parents because their dad got the niece a kitten and obviously we have Sasha. Sasha probably wouldn't do so well with a kitten. So yeah, it would either we, go really well or really bad, I feel like. Yeah. So I was uh so I was lucky enough to just be able to be the um the puppy sitter and me and her hung out while Sarah went, ate some food, came on back. So it was uh overall pretty low key low key um you know, Christmas and then the New Year's where we played some magic and then uh turned in it was pretty uh pretty easy this year yeah for new year's we did something a bit more low-key just a couple of friends stayed in had a little game night um nice. still still made it to see the ball drop and everything but um definitely less of a crazy new year's eve than i've had in the past so sure. I, I i can't complain like sure. it so it was well, i think there's something about like the first ringing in the new year like hungover especially if you're especially if you're gonna be so punctuated about your life like all right those those 365 are over we're starting a new one to start that segment just like checked out dog shit (laughs) yeah Yeah, like yeah you know um um not 
not much for me, but yeah, I think there's uh, something to be said for, you know, raising a glass and uh, celebrating. Definitely. It's, uh, uh, there's good parts of it, but I completely agree. Like if it, the whole like new year, new me, like I'm making all these changes and that first morning you wake up and you're like, I want to die. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not the, the correct foot to really be starting your, your year sure. off on. So I imagine gyms love it though. Oh, absolutely. The entire mm-hmm. like last three weeks of December, all of the commercials on TV were like Planet Fitness discount, like spectacular, like bye, bye, bye. And mm-hmm. all the crazy whatever commercials. So, uh, yeah, gyms, they have to love it. Gym oh, yeah. goers who are consistent hate it, but. Oh, dude, yeah, that's got to be brutal because then all of a sudden it's just plus 60% capacity. Yeah, and I've I've been through it on both sides kind of. And, okay. like, there have definitely been years where I hadn't been going. I'm like, okay, like, I'm going to try and get back into it a little bit. The winter's a little slower or whatever. Um, but I've also been the person who's there and all of a sudden everything's crazy and crowded. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I just kind of... On either way, I feel like the best attitude to have with it is to just be like, they're here for the same reason as me. They're trying to stay in shape, trying to get fit. Like, like I can't really hold that against someone just because it slightly inconveniences my workout. I have to wait to do a set maybe or something like that. Like, sure. eh, grand scheme of things, not a big deal. And I'm for people bettering their life and health. So I can't uh be too too mad about it no definitely not but there is something to be you know the starting for a month and not committing that is tough and it just feels like when you look around that those may be the ones you encounter because you have to feel like well in three months time how many of these individuals that i've never seen before am i still gonna see yeah but I, i i mean i it's tough because like there's also that chance that one of those becomes one of those people that you see like all the time and it's out right. there grinding and all like that's kind of what you you hope um but i've never had a gym membership so i can't uh these aren't my my issues yeah that's not a bad thing you've done other things to keep yourself in shape and like limber so i do i do prison workouts basically I just use like my door frame, like the ground, my bunk bed. I do like, you know, you know, uh, stomach ups on my bunk bed. I'll you hang, do... hang upside down from like a water pipe that's running through your, yep. your ceiling and just yep. like do crunches. Yep. You got it. I do. I do pull ups on the girder beam uh, uh, yeah. that my cellmate actually hung himself on. Oh, um, nice, nice. Great workout, great workout piece of equipment, though. I believe it. I mean, it clearly supports weight well, so. Yep, very, very <laughs> much. It did not buckle at all. <laughs> uh, wait, so that makes me think of something that I've seen recently. Um, watching some TikToks, and I'm curious what your perspective would be on it. There was this guy that I kept seeing on my page, like, come up and come through, that was doing... Um, he was walking on all fours for like 15 minutes a day. 
just like going around like his house like whatever just like bear walking bear crawling like uh and everything and he was getting some like after like doing this for a bit he could he was like his arms were stronger and he had more balance and all he was able to walk on his hands better like his forearms and like finger strength was like much 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 stronger um and it like was really intriguing to me but i feel like it's not like super practical like i feel like yeah maybe if you're like a rock climber or something and you need those like those muscles specifically it's a good way to get a workout in without like going to the rock climbing gym but i was like that doesn't seem to me to be like the go-to functional body workout yeah like i'm not sure what he's training for if he thinks that maybe like maybe one day it'll help him impersonate a dog if um uh, you know a situation requires that i just don't know yeah i just don't know how valuable that exercise would be like if if anything it feels like you'd be creating issues like the body i'm not sure the body's like built to move like that it would be it would be different if we were supposed to move like that so yeah maybe he's building strength at the cost of something else maybe or i don't I, know. like the other part of it is that like thinking about it it is only like 15 minutes a day so it's not like it's fully like he's doing this all the time and and necessarily i I don't know it just it was odd to me is it about like embodying an animal is it about like like uh, like grounding yourself in like being in touch with like where you came from as far as like I honestly think it was just more of a like, oh, this is a like a good workout that increases range of motion in certain ways and like built like, I don't know. I'll have to look into it more and see. Um, I'll I'll see if I can find some videos for you. So. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I just. I don't know, man. But then again, I've never been a monkey, so. It could yeah. it could be the could be the way he he may be onto something he might be I yeah. couldn't tell you but um, I thought it was interesting but that is just like a random sidebar that I was curious about but no Justin, that's totally cool that's crazy was, should we get into our rose thorn and seed for this week yeah I think so you can uh, you can give me yours go ahead and start off cool uh, so for my rose um, it was just pretty much. Uh, the fact that I had a really nice holiday, a nice little break and everything, um, including getting some of the updated graphics and all that we did here. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just, that's big time, man. Those look really good just from a co-host perspective that well done. Thank you. I'm like really happy with it. Really excited about like the new year and kind of a lot of these, uh, new and old things, continuing the podcast, like, going into my new job a bit more um and everything so that that's my rose is just like a kind of that excitement and just like contentness i think going into this new year um for my seed i'll jump to that uh but for my seed the new job has been going really well um i really like our team and everyone there and they seem to like and appreciate me we had nice 
kind of an insane um, week between Christmas and New Year's where it was just me and the assistant property manager on site and everything like the amount of people who were looking for an apartment during the holidays was kind of insane. Hmm. Um, it's not really a time that I fully expect that kind of thing. Because, uh, like, who wants to move when, like, tomorrow there could be, like, crappy weather? Who wants to be unloading a U-Haul in, yeah, that's like, the cold or whatever? So hmm. I thought that was weird, but is what it is. Um but for uh, my friends, and I'll know who listens to the podcast, <laughs> because a Philadelphia 76ers agent reached out to us today about uh, one of the their uh, client, one of the Sixers players, um, looking for a temporary apartment, which would be my responsibility to lease um, for a couple of months as he's buying a new house and sure. like doing, having some contractors like do work inside and all. So oh. I won't say, I won't say the player, but I, I'm sure my friends will uh, text me if they hear this uh, to ask who it is. Sure. So, Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, it was, it was a weird thing. I like answered the phone and was talking to the guy. He's like, yeah, I'm looking for my client and kind of going into it. He's like, yeah, he like plays for the Sixers. I was like, just tried to keep it cool. I'm like, oh, awesome. Like, yeah, like, let me know what I can do to help and yada, yada. So we'll see if he actually does end up running. Um, it's possible they were just gathering information for right. a bunch of different areas, but that would be kind of sick. That so. is pretty. Uh, that is pretty cool. And then for you to handle that, that would be a little bit because if you're able to do something like that well, does that does that factor in? Does that go on your permanent record in some way? Um, I think just in general, um, if I'm doing a good job keeping occupancy and things like that up the company i'm working with their goal is to like expand their like furnished rentals because it is like a pretty it can bring in a good bit of income because the like rent is much higher because you're providing like a furnished like space with everything you need and could be any or any reason that someone's looking to stay. Uh, so they're typically okay. willing to pay more in the short term um, as their like house is being built or whatever the case. Right. Um, so my company would what like would you to call something that like to, that, like so, a no truck move in, like where you're just like you just have like your bags and. It's it's essentially like an extended stay hotel, right? Um, right. Which I have experience. In. I didn't yeah. know you were. I didn't know it was like that level. Yeah. So I'm like working in hospitality. Yeah. Full like you have a full kitchen, so you can really just drop your bags and like go to the grocery store and like live out of there instantaneously. Right. We have Whoa, like that's cool. TVs in the bedrooms, TV in the living room, couch, chair, desk, like the whole nine. So mm-hmm. um, it's pretty, pretty comfortable, pretty cool. Um, but yeah, if my company decides to expand that out to other properties, there's potential for me being like 
the first one doing this for the company to, nice. to grow along with that potentially. So nice. um, but that is down the road. I'm right now I'm focusing on kind of getting my, uh, myself organized and figuring out how to do it. And we'll see, see from there. So that's lunch, man. That sounds so cool. Yeah. I, I, I'm excited because it's like a lot of, it seems like something that there's a lot of like potential to grow, which I feel like in a lot of other time, yeah. jobs that I've been at, I haven't felt like there's that I feel like there's kind of a cap of where I can go without switching to a new company or going to a new job. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's pretty exciting. Um, so no complaints here. Nice. Um, but yeah, so that's my seed, like just looking forward to that uh continuing it all um my thorn though uh is just general health things um like the amount of people i have been in contact with over the past couple weeks that have either been in contact with someone who tested positive for covid or have like tested positive for covid has been ridiculous Uh, it's everything's just getting really bad with it and so that's been difficult to to navigate a little bit in terms of just like staying healthy and all mm-hmm. um so that's been tough because it's it's just like every everyone's getting it especially yeah. down here in the city where it's more crowded and all it's just so easy um to pass between people um but the other part of it i actually like last night at my basketball game uh messed up my ankle pretty pretty nicely mm-hmm. um i like rolled it midway through the game it was fine didn't think anything of it um ran on it went home like i was more worried about my knees because they get kind of like swollen from from the vigorous exercise um and so then at 3 a.m., I w- woke up from pain in my ankle. Like nothing else woke me up. It was just like my ankle was in pain. Um, and I couldn't uh, like couldn't put any weight on it, couldn't walk, couldn't just like I had to hop to my fridge to get my ice pack out of the freezer to slap that on there. Mm-hmm. Couldn't couldn't find my Tylenol and couldn't walk around to go searching for it. So I took a hit of my pen and like tried to knock back out. But it took me like hour, hour and a half to fall back asleep. Bro. I like elevated the ankle and everything. And then so all day today, like this morning when I woke up to go to work, I could barely like walk the block to my car um but as as the day went on and i was doing more short spurts of like okay walking 10 steps to ask my coworker a question walking 20 steps to the bathroom and all the little short things um along with i wrapped it um it's like doing better it's still like is a little sore a little bit of pain and all but um it's much better than it was this morning and i'm hoping that it will not be as bad uh as bad tomorrow um i think it'll be tough because the stiffness of just like sleeping overnight and not Mm -hmm. moving it around i'm sure it'll be difficult but um i don't think it can be worse than it was today probably not yeah 
Yeah. Those so, are some slick headphones. Are those new as they well? They are. Nice. Um, yeah, my my mom and dad got them for me for Christmas. So oh, yeah. yes, some things my old headphones had um, a little crack in the plastic and all. It was I had had them for like five years or something mm-hmm. like that, and so uh, it was it was time. And so yeah, very cool. Some new broken ankle new headphones though, not bad. Yeah. Can't be, I mean, like, couldn't get worse. So the new headphones, like, definitely (laughs) make up for the the broken ankle. Definitely. They are, uh, they are pretty slick. Well, thank you. Um, But Justin, how about yourself? Hit me with your rose, thorn, and seed. What do we got? So the more I read it, the more I think it's dumb. Um, So I'll just say it very quickly and forget about it. So they're forecasting for snow tonight. And I just find that exciting in a world that is getting hotter and hotter and hotter. And the winters are being like pushed back further into January. Um, I think it's fun that we'll get a... uh, We've had frost, but they're calling for like snow. Um, So that'll be fun. So that's my rose for snow. My thorn, like you said, it's going around, baby. People got that cough. We had to close the business for a couple of days. One of our clients, uh, you know, what well, you you know the whole shtick. So we just had to we just had to close our doors for a little bit. A couple of boring days, a bunch of negative tests, but uh, we'll be back at it here shortly. Um, are you doing then, like the at home tests? Or are you going? Have you gone and we got a, we got a stack of at homes. Nice. Um, and then. Uh, and then my seed was just about the holidays. Me and uh, me and Sarah were pretty adamant in some aspects, and it turned up roses. Uh, we did. We just. Uh, we just are doing our best to cultivate like our own holidays, and we did that this year. Um, I think we kept it rather headache free. Um, we had some tough conversations overall, but the holiday spirit was in full swing here at the Shestock Schofield household. So that was my seed. Um, just looking ahead to like next year, other holidays. I think um, I think holiday or adult holidays inbound for sure. So yeah. more so, just like you guys doing your own thing or not doing things that you feel you're only doing out of obligation and not because you want to gotcha no i i definitely feel that uh, that might be something down the line that um that i'll have to figure out and everything so uh you'll have to you can tell me more about it off off air but um but i'm interested because there can just be so much and right now obviously with me and Colleen just starting dating uh, not that long ago. I I want to take as much of this time to like meet people and get to know her family and kind of ingra- ingrain myself in their way of life um, as I can. So right now that's great, but in the future I'm sure there will be times that we want to do our own thing as well and yeah. uh, have some tough conversations regarding that so yeah like fuck it if you want to be at the grand canyon for christmas you should be allowed and not feel guilty that's i was about to say i feel like you and sarah would be prime candidates for going on like a cruise over christmas and just like getting away from it all and like 
chilling on a boat. And... Well, that's been that's been my thing. I'm like, can we just like go away? Because then nobody can feel bad. It's not like, oh, well, why are you going there and not here? It's like, ah, guess what? We're not going anywhere. Because we're, we're going away from everyone. Exactly. Exactly. That's that. Yeah. Was, that was that was my take. But uh, you know, maybe we'll get there one day. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's my rose thorn and seed. It was a uh, it was a good couple weeks break. But man, I'm happy to be back. Happy to be back in the chair, baby. Oh, absolutely. I'm I'm pumped. It's uh, it was a, a needed break, I think, and good to to take it. But it's awesome to step back into it. So yeah, what do they say about uh, girlfriends and lovers? Distance makes the heart grow fonder. Um, I thought you were gonna say it's like riding a bike. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't find a good segue. Um, but okay, here's here's a segue. The um guards at a mall. No, um, so no, I all I saw, right? <laughs> all you saw were headlines about whether whether or not. Lewis Hamilton was going to retire. Mm-hmm. So including that, Toto kind of playing into it a little bit. Yeah. So, and, and I understand, I understand, uh, you know, the mind games and the, and the politics and the blah, blah, blah. But something tells me that there is more like, it's more about the media talking to other media rather than, rather than like there's actually a story there and obviously like hot take that's not news but okay do you remember do you remember the everyday struggle morning show that was on complex on youtube i think it was i think it was once a week they had joe budden and dj academics sitting Mm. across from each other talk about hip-hop topics okay do you remember this I don't. I I like I feel like I've probably seen it at some point uh, between like a lot of the hip hop DX and like stuff like that that I've watched. But I don't specifically recall that. Is that wait, is that the one where they've had like Soldier Boy on and uh, maybe recently? I don't remember Soldier Boy being on, but they did have they did have a couple of guests on. They did have a couple of guests on. It was it was towards the end of Joe Budden's career and the start of DJ Academics' career before, you know, before any of the any of the hoopla. That's like where he got his name. Gotcha. I'm uh, I'm thinking of um Breakfast Club. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. The so. Breakfast Club similar, yeah, similar thing. But gotcha. at that time, it was it was the tail end of Joe Budden's career. He was arguably putting out some of his best music. It was the some love lost, all love lost, no love lost. And then while he was doing the show, he put out Rage in the Machine. So it was like three or four good projects that the music was pretty good. So that's like where Joe Budden was. But at the time, because he was doing this everyday struggle show, People were calling him Media Joe. Like, you're not a rapper anymore. You're just like this pundit. You know, stop talking about having bars because you never had bars and like, you know, this and that. Where Joe was playing the expert, but 
people saw him as not so much the expert anymore because he was like never really that good. He just had some success later in his career. Yeah. So I'm using this little anecdote to illustrate kind of what's been going on the last couple of weeks where is it just me or was it a big feel of media Nico just like drumming up a whole bunch of bullshit for headlines because all i was seeing were headlines that to me don't even seem fucking reasonable yeah and i think it's like the f1 magazines the f1 talk shows all that they they need something to talk about during the off season right like, and we know so little about the 2022 cars it's hard to go like from year to year typically they can go okay this is how it ended up last year here's the driver's right. changes like oh like we think that this might be like the the heights that williams could go to in this next season with latifi and albon racing for them and whatever um but i think part of it with this this year is the fact that there is no um no real knowledge or, or really fully accurate knowledge of where the teams are at and like where the 2022 cars are at because they're so different. It's a new era for F1. We're moving on from the turbo hybrid era into, I don't know what this is technically. Um, but yeah, I feel like between that and just the fact of, the way the season ended and all of the controversy surrounding the the final race and all that people easily just latched on to like oh well there's nothing to talk about in regard to this because we don't know anything so let's just latch on and beat a dead horse about yeah. lewis and what's lewis gonna do is he that gonna be so upset with michael massey that he'll never touch a steering wheel again yeah. like yeah so fucking dramatic like seriously dramatic yeah like so so I, the, I just want to make sure like that was your sense too like it seemed yeah, like just it was wild it was weird because like i mean lewis has clearly the drive to be the best um he clearly has the skill and ability to be the best i think it would be absolutely ridiculous for him to retire um Probably pretty uh, fucking expensive too like he already he already signed with them yeah to like that would be an enormous fine from like that wouldn't that be a pretty big breach of contract um i never understand exactly how it works it's very weird with professional athletes because gotcha. there are buyout clauses well there's also been tons and tons of times over the years where people have retired while they still had x number of years left in their contract maybe due to um, injury maybe due to this maybe due to that okay. and but i think in f1 the reason it probably he probably would be um oh mercedes something or have to pay like a buyout for his contract mm -hmm. um because like who the fuck are they gonna get like is stuffle van dorn gonna just like hop in and be it's stuffle van dorn and george russell in the mercedes like 
two months from now or three months from now. Mm-hmm. Like, who are they going to find? Contracts are already done. Are they right. going to, like, like, do they promote Latifi from Williams up with George and then, like, will be as a, like, kind of a partner team or, like, I don't know. Like, it. Right. Well, there was the thing about, like, um, would they try and recall Valtteri if I don't know if they can right like, Alfa well, Romeo Alfa Romeo is a Ferrari like engine sponsor mm. so I don't know if they even would be able to do that right yeah. it, it all just seems it all just seems like magical Christmas land yeah, it, it's weird, and I mean, I'm not going to say it's impossible that Lewis is going to retire, but I just can't imagine it happening. Like, just because he went away and was quiet after everything, like, and, like, wasn't speaking to media outlets and everything, like, it makes sense. The yeah. dude just had the longest F1 season that they've ever had, going the most races and everything, going nose to nose, grinding, like fighting for every point, every pass, every whatever. I taken. Well, not even that. Like, that's just exhausting. Like, yeah, a lot of people need to just like step away from it and everything and like take a breather. Like I saw a thing, a tweet from Latifi a couple weeks after the end of the season and he was like using it um i mean the fact that he was getting like death threats and all the these things to like he brought that to like the public eye as a way Mm -hmm. to talk about i think it was primarily talking about like mental health and like the the dangerous nature that kind of can come along with social media and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and it was like really um interesting to to hear him like speak out after kind of the hate he was getting for something that was really not like his fault um i mean no like whichever way you look at it like he he didn't just an easy place to point blame for the uh you know for the for the motorheads yeah so like i think all of those guys probably want a vacation from talking to the media and talking to people and of course max is gonna talk to the media and talk to people because he just won the world championship like right of course he's gonna and lewis isn't gonna be out and about as much i just think it's kind of silly to like take make assumptions based on the fact that oh lewis is like gone gone off the grid for a little bit mm. he probably needed it <laughs> like and it's assuming the worst of his personality that's assuming that he would be beaten down enough by that you know those circumstances to say man fuck this i'm done like yeah. that's that's assuming the worst of his character and yeah. i think he's just proven to be better than that um yeah so it I, just I, seems crazy I agree. Um, And so I like there were a couple of other like F1 tweets that I kind of saw that I wanted to to mention. Yeah, let's Um, go for it. But one was that F1 tweeted there was only one team that managed a 1-2 finish in 2021, which I think is absolutely wild, especially since it's McLaren. 
So I I just think the fact that Red Bull and Mercedes, neither one of them had a one-two finish throughout the entire season. And I mean, yeah, like Lewis and Max were going head to head, but like Valtteri was up there a lot too. Checo was up there a decent bit. Like the fact that there wasn't any one-two finish from any team other than McLaren just like blew my mind. Well, it's surprising that because the same stat existed for the season of they those three shared the podium. Wasn't it like 11 or 12 times or something? Something insane like that. So, yeah, yeah. that's um, for if that's happening multiple times. Yeah, it's not a surprise that those two aren't going to get it because they're always being matched by the former, like by the other team. Yeah. So that's that's really interesting that it was McLaren for the um for Danny and uh Lando. Yeah, which I mean it's awesome too. Like McLaren, I was watching a um little video about uh Honda's um kind of torrid recent history in F1 and how um when they were the McLaren engine sponsor um mm-hmm. back in twenty fifteen through twenty seventeen, they basically like were terrible and like mclaren and a lot of teams lost almost all hope in honda as an f1 engine sponsor um until red bull decided to take them on at alpha towery as the sponsor for i I believe that was the 2017 season um and then switched from renault uh in 2018 through now Uh, and maybe like a year off with that but um but yeah like that was um pretty interesting like listening to that and all and then seeing like how mclaren at that time was like doing terribly they had Mm -hmm. like back-to-back races a couple of times where both cars dnf'd like they were just the the reliability of the engine and all um was terrible uh but to see honda as an engine supplier go all the way to where they are now with Red Bull and everything, along with um, McLaren also kind of bringing themselves back, uh, picking themselves up by the the bootstraps a little bit and getting that one-two finish. I thought that was pretty cool uh, with everything I've been listening to, watching and all. So Yeah, and especially based on, and this is, um, this was part of my flavor of the week, was I've been diving into some of the documentary series that they have on F1 and obviously McLaren is such a storied team and they have such a long history of winning. It's interesting to learn about the team from a retrospective because as a new fan, I know them as a team that's like looking better and because of because of a new technical direction and some new young drivers while well, Lando, uh, a young driver in tandem with a veteran driver, um, they're getting some, uh, they're getting like back up to the podium and that's really exciting. But when you look at where the team came from, they were like, they were the team to beat. So it's interesting to see that it was partially due to their engine choice that led to some fluctuating success over over a numerous amount of years. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like it's interesting in, in that with Renault as well. Like Renault is not supplying engines to anyone other than their 
Alpine Renault team like that, mm-hmm. like the the changes in all of these engine suppliers and and projects and everything over the years is like a really interesting way to look at F1 um, and kind of the the rise and fall of different teams um, between like things like that, looking at financial aspects of it, thing like a lot of new money coming into F1 that kind of led to Williams not being able to compete as well because it was a family owned like uh, organization and all. And like, they only had so much money that they could invest into their like team and all. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, it, it's a pretty interesting um, like time. It's nice to have this time in between seasons. to like still, keep watching and learning about other F1 things. Um, And also to like, just, I think it like, you can get such a good perspective on looking back at like recent seasons too, once you're like a little removed from it. So um, it's like interesting to, to have this time to do that. Because, like, for instance, there's another tweet I saw that I wanted to see your thoughts on. Yeah, go this for guy it. said Lewis Hamilton earned the back markers between himself and Max Verstappen before the safety car was deployed. He did so through measured racecraft and superior pace on track. Removing mm-hmm. them to allow Verstappen to mount an attack did not create fairness; it destroyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally. Uh, don't really agree with him because I think to some extent, yes, like obviously Lewis had better pace uh, throughout mm-hmm. the race to, to get him where they are. But like mm-hmm. the fact that he said that Lewis earned having those back markers in between them, how did he earn them by like coming up behind a guy that he was clearly faster than and them getting blue flags waved at them to like say, Hey, you have to move out of the way and let this guy pass. Like, like I thought yeah. earned is such a weird word. And I didn't, I wanted it to makes it sound like a power up. Yeah. Like uh, it's like, Oh, he, he dove down the inside on Latifi in 18th place. And it's like, no, like Latifi, like up oh, blue flag, get out of the way, get the fuck out. And Lewis goes by like, and when those things happen, it costs drivers like tens of seconds typically, unless they really get into a part of a track where it's like not possible or feasible to pass, um, which did not happen at the last track. And so I just thought that was like a bad take. I agree that like Lewis had the lead because of his better pace on track and, and everything. Yeah. But like, uh, saying that he deserved to have those back markers there because like they were just like told to get the fuck out of the way. I was like, that's a bit ridiculous to try and claim that as a, like a fucking pedestal to stand on. Yeah, I would tend to agree. I'm not sure that was the, uh, the point of concern. I think the back markers being moved out of the way was a concern of safety you know, um, I think you can have like qualms with 
I think you could have qualms with the flip flop, but I don't know. 100%. I but don't know. Like, like that, that was not the part of it that earning like, the back mark. Like that's assuming every other race you like, you're like built. It, okay, you know what I'm picturing? I'm picturing Pikmin where the lead guy is like generating these guys behind him, and like that's how you like do things like that's not how f1 is you don't like collect back markers that's kind of what this guy's take sounds yeah, like yeah he's like <laughs> yeah like it just see it or like yoshi he eats something and like pops a little egg behind him he's like oh this is now my my egg like no <laughs> that's this is not how it works like I just and the guy has seventeen and a half thousand likes on it, and I I scrolled through tweets for a while when I first saw it, and oh, man. like there was like hardly anyone who mentioned the fact that like backmarkers have to move out of the way, and right. I was like I was like. None of these people watch F1. They're just upset Jeez. about Lewis. I'm like, this is Sure, funny. sure. Wow. So, Dude, that's so funny, man. Like Yoshi pooping people out. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Like, this is yeah, this guy thinks it's Yoshi. So, Damn. But wow, that guy's crazy. Just a couple of uh, like F1 things that I've uh, seen and like kind of intrigued me or caught my attention and everything but the the mclaren um and like their recent history and all was was the one that caught my attention the most and that i think it was an f1 um it might have been an f1 like video that they had put out on their youtube um that so it was uh pretty solid i'll have to see if i can find it uh the link in the description but well, I know McLaren for sure has been a team that we have talked about probably since Daniel Ricardo got signed to them. I Which know. Which was also Lando's rookie season, I believe. Yeah. Was that this year or does he have two years in the car now? Um, oh, wait, no. Lando wasn't. Um, who was he side by side with? rookie season um oh signs carlos signs yes yeah. thank you so sorry um lando's second year um in mclaren and danny's first but yeah like seeing That's right okay um the two of them like really have some some pretty solid success and even though danny's was a little more inconsistent he still pulled out some really solid races i think uh, this coming season, we'll see a lot more consistency out of him. So, I hope so. And just overall, I, as a fan who knows nothing, am really hoping that the cost cap slash new car specifications lead to what they say it's going to lead to you know better racing and more overtaking and blah 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 i i'm really looking forward to the next season for that for the like those two points alone plus it seems like we're gonna have some pretty interesting continuing narratives from 2021 yeah so it should be a fun season i know it's not too much to talk about yet um, but as we get closer to winter testing and all, we'll have more 
content F1 wise. Well, um, before before we totally totally leave the thing, I've got a little story for you. All right. So, have you ever heard the name Max Mosley? Yes, but I don't know where. Okay. I the last name like sticks out. So he was, I believe, the FIA president or CEO for a good number of years. Mm. Now, he was he was at the head during a time when I believe if I just want to get the details right, McLaren was found to have technical data, like pages upon pages of technical data from the Williams garage. They were in physical possession of another team's like car technical information. Now, in Formula One, up until that point, there was no, as I understand it, there that wasn't uncommon. People had spies in garages and on tracks and with binoculars and up on towers and hiding in trees, like trying to get information on cars. But this was the first time that it was brought to the FIA's like like sanctioning table, whoever like you know, like the rulemaking body was. This was the first time it was they were caught red-handed with like it, you know, it was like boxes of information, right? So yeah. they were caught red-handed. And this was the inception of the fines rule. And Max Mosley described it as, well, we it wasn't necessarily malicious because people had been doing it, you know, with spies and binoculars and whatever. So we didn't want to kick McLaren out of Formula One. Like, you know, they were a winning team. There was money there and sponsors. So there had to be a punishment that wasn't just like kicking these people out of the sport. Because at the end of the day, you didn't want to remove them. You just wanted to, and this was Max Mosley's idea, you just wanted to be like gentlemen and sportsmen about it. So when you were caught maybe doing something against the rules or whatever, what should be the proper punishment just among gentlemen? Like, what are you supposed to do? You like flog him 50 times on the butt? Uh, what do you you know what's the deal so that was when they proposed 10k 20k 30k like whatever the fine was going to be and all the teams were like yeah that's fine that's fine by me and so he was at the forefront of maybe uh, turning the conversation to who and what should be allowed in f1 in instead to well, if there's going to be fuckery, we can just uh, charge these teams money. They don't have to be concerned with like being kicked out or removed or whatever. So that was uh, that was when the fine started, and I and I thought that was a, a fascinating idea. Yeah, well, and just looking at this, like Mosley, yeah, had, fill in some details. Uh, so Ferrari was accusing McLaren of um, using their intellectual, uh, making illegal use of their intellectual property. Um, okay, they, so I had said Williams. Yeah, but still, like, so they initially found McLaren innocent because they couldn't find enough evidence to suggest that the designer had seen information. Um, yeah, but then apparently Fernando Alonso had sent personal emails 
to Max Mosley telling him that the data had been used and seen by others on the team. Um, That was the detail that I was missing. That's uh, what he talked about. When Italian police uncovered a series of text messages between McLaren and their spy at Ferrari, the team was hauled in front of the World Motorsport Council. First off, like when you were first talking about this, I thought this was like fucking the 1990s, the 80s. Like, I didn't think it was 2007. Yeah. Like, that's not that long ago. Um, but that means up until that point, they were just dealing in like slaps on the wrist and hey, don't do that anymore. Yeah. There wasn't any. Like, I apparently there was. Toyota had illegally used Ferrari's intellectual property in 2004, but that was handled by the German police. Mm. So that was not even, it was how it was taken care of outside of the realm of motorsports. And And I think that's what Max was wanting to avoid. You don't want to call the cops on the people that you're racing against. Right. And now we're at a point where like the FIA has their like world council and their own like court system, essentially um, Mm. to like take things through the court proceedings of motorsports outside of the realm of like real world like like the the fucking giants can't sue the washington football team because they lost a game but like in this like if there is a reason like ferrari could sue mclaren for like losing races or like losing or or not getting as many points or whatever right so right uh it's it's pretty interesting and so i didn't realize that uh max mosley was the um i guess he was like the fia president at the time mm-hmm. yeah so. and he um interestingly enough he was as he put it quite the uh disliked member of the f1 community because i think he took some hard stands on some on some aspects well i was also glancing through um and like there was some other stuff that came out about him that kind of shed him in a bad light if you want to read up on it you can check out his wikipedia page um yeah, and obviously but, what what I'm what I'm talking about he was explaining yeah, within on, like the the F1 like world yeah, um yeah. had some backlash about yeah the um the way that he was implementing like rules uh budget caps things like that. So mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, and, and that was that was just part of part of some of the diving down I was doing on. They have a bunch of really good uh what would you say just like resources, documentaries on the F1 TV that that I was checking out. A lot of obviously they were talking about Senna and Prost a lot. Mm-hmm. Um cuz I guess that's that really is the the before Lewis, that was like the big thing. And then like Michael Schumacher obviously was winning a lot, but it seems like Senna Prost was like the big thing in Formula One. 
That's like the like the Michael oh, Jordan yeah. era of Formula One. It seems. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of fun though, because they it was like they both drove for McLaren for a while. What I thought was fascinating was it was part of it was part of Allen's retirement plan that well uh, less of a plan more of a reaction he didn't want to be on the team with senna again after after all the shenanigans trading championships back and forth both of them both of them taking each other out in like crucial corners senna admitting later in an interview that he was like yeah you know i ran him off on purpose it was payback it's like dude that's insane that's insane like no wonder he didn't want to be on the same team with them again yeah. But well, they, that was like the Wild West a little bit too. I feel like there was a lot less regulation, and so like, and I think that to some extent, you have like you have to be a certain type of person to be like a professional athlete, and that includes some like typically like aggression or not not necessarily like negative aggression, but like being aggressive and like mm-hmm. going for it and like pushing yourself and other people to to get to climb um and so yeah like when there's no fucking like (laughs) real negative rules or anything about doing that shit then yeah fuck it why not it's crazy but i have to say that seeing all the different angles and clips and this weekend and that grand prix and this time and senna here and and alain there I have to say, I think I understand like the Lewis Max thing a little bit more. And it makes me understand Christian Horner's attitude a little bit more. Like it it makes me understand maybe more so than I actually did before the like let them race ideology where to a certain degree... Maybe the racers know better than we do. And there's something about that, like, that's not necessarily what I want to say. There's... There's something about... Now that I'm rethinking my point, I'm thinking of the moment where the Joker is hanging upside down in front of the Batman and he says, this is what happens when an unstoppable force meets an immovable object. It seems like we have another iteration of something like that happening where Senna was the immovable object and Elaine was the the unstoppable, unstoppable force, yeah. right? And it feels like we may have gotten another another situation like that in 2021 where yeah. maybe these people that are like the, the they they cannot be bound by the rules that we have and watching senna and and him go back and forth was like okay so yeah this isn't new at all this isn't new at all I'll and have that to was like that. exciting like, to me no that's that is because it like brings everything into perspective a bit more and like like even the fact of uh what lewis was complaining about during the race of checo holding him back and slowing him down and all like we said at the time like that's literally what lewis did to rossberg the season that 
Rosberg beat him, Lewis was trying to hold him up to give other drivers a chance to pass him and like mm-hmm. knock him down the points. Like that's like a lot of this stuff is history repeating itself to some extent mm-hmm. and all. And um and drivers using anything as a weapon and an edge. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, that and, and I think we just have is. to stop yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think we have to stop being mad at that. Because truly then, like, are you a fan of racing? I would say not. Yeah, I think that the the only, like, issues that I will most likely continue to have is, like, uh, inconsistencies in officiating. Like, sure. if you're going to call it one way one time, like, you got to, like, be consistent. I hate it when, sure. like, the most frustrating thing um, in baseball, and I know a lot of people don't like to watch baseball, is to watch an umpire calling the balls and strikes who has no consistency in his strike zone where one guy who's six foot tall and like has a certain size strike zone and like oh well that inside pitch is a strike on him but then you get like the fucking five eight guy and like all of a sudden the strike zone's a completely different shape like Mm -hmm. (laughs) so like that that is always going to be i think my biggest uh complaint if i have any but i agree like racers are gonna do like i i was frustrated with uh fernando alonso for taking advantage of some uh some corner cutting when it wasn't being regulated and all but like looking at it he's taking advantage of whatever he can to race the best he uh, place the highest he can and like fuck it like who am i to say if the fia is not gonna and even with a little more hindsight is 2020 and this this take is a bit of a joke i will say but like for the season that that the racers were having it may have been like a bit of a meta call like has fernando alonso ever done that before doubtful i'm i'm sure if you look back you may be able to prove me wrong but if he's never done it before, maybe that's him taking a look at what was going on and saying, okay, their, their turn one, lap one calls are like almost non-existent. Lewis, Max, and, and whoever the fuck at the front are wild. He's like, I'm just, I'm just going to avoid that craziness. I think that is the like best medical that we're ever going to see where he read the playing field beautifully. I think it's also just like a it speaks to who Fernando is now. I think like back in the day he was much more aggressive and a much more like like he'll race you hard but not necessarily fair and now he is like a like he's an older like wiser uh gentleman in the sport of f1 and he'll race you hard but he knows his limits he knows the limits of things but like fuck it he'll take advantage of like situations if he can like he ain't he ain't no dummy he may not be making the super aggressive and like over committing to moves and things like that but like he'll drive consistently and he'll take advantage of like what he can and fuck and I, surprisingly like, I can't like that's that's skill expression in an environment where you don't see much the well, margins it's a skill for, of, like knowledge and a skill of experience too like things that he has learned and mm-hmm. like grown through and everything so like yeah i completely agree yeah 
Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting and uh, I have to say a fascinating sport to learn about. Um, and with the help of, you know, just some of the resources that are out there, you know, it's painting a bigger picture. It's fun stuff. Yeah, very exciting. Um, I am looking yeah, forward to this upcoming season, but we have a few other things we wanted to to get into. Um, I know there were some general esports things you wanted to to talk about. Um, I have one I think that you didn't have, so uh, yeah, go ahead. To, so uh, one that I just wanted to briefly talk about was the Halo um, Championship Series Raleigh. Uh, yeah, the kickoff there. They did. So yes, they did. They uh, they made a deep run uh, and then ended up beating uh, E United twice um, to to win in the upper bracket finals and then in the grand finals. Um, now, did you watch really... these games at all? I watched a decent bit, but and it wasn't. I think they did better than the original or like the ones that you were watching like the first initial did they have a map no still no map brutal did how were the casters a little bit better they were they seemed to at least semi know what was going on i almost don't want to believe you i like it was it was not phenomenal but it was but it like it, it was nowhere close to where it should be for how long esports has been around right it was nowhere close to where it should be okay but the commentary was a bit better they were kind of describing things a little bit better of what was going on in um the different matches they were explaining how the the layout of the whatever 10 different mode series that you're going through like what was going on there and how gotcha yeah so there there was a a lot more description of like what was going on in the games but then there are games like fucking capture the flag where you're just like oh you're seeing people running around and shooting each other but like right there's no at you like the flag is like somewhere right (laughs) but like the camera's not on the flag so like with no mini map you can't be like oh like there's two guys flanking from this side you get no sense of like uh yeah it was just like there was a time where uh in the one uh match that i was watching c9 had like they were down a lot of like points and capture the flag from holding the flag and just like they captured it and then they just like kind of held it and held it and held it and, and like started creeping back into it. And like, you don't see the flag the entire time or the guy holding it. And then all of a sudden, 40 seconds later, it's like, ah, and cloud nine snuck out a win on this. Like, Wait, like what? Yeah. That's it was so like, weird. It was like a best two out of three capture the flag. Gotcha. And they won the first uh, like match. And then the second one, like, they were down big and like made a comeback, but you don't see the flag the whole time. All you see is like, Oh, and like this guy gets another kill on the, like, and the respawns are coming in and this and that, like the, the commentary was as good as it could be in the circumstance, but like, so, so there's so much lacking. Okay. So what did it do? Right. Like, what did you enjoy other than cloud nine being, being the team at the top? 
What did you enjoy about it? It was interesting just seeing like a different kind of game mode, I guess. Like I I feel like in terms of like the Call of Duty um, series from what I had seen, it was very like um, standard Call of Duty kind of game modes like the Team Deathmatch, Search and Destroy, like Hardpoint Capture or um, Hardpoint. are the one with the three different flags that you're getting. I don't think they play capture the flag in and like so there were some different like games that they were playing or modes in the stretch that were interesting to kind of watch because it does give a a different kind of dynamic. Um, Some of the like it was interesting also to see the play style and how it worked like there were a couple of I think they were the team deathmatch game modes where it was just like, this is the set amount of time. Whoever has the most kills in this time, yeah. like wins. Yeah, yeah. They were like turtling. Both teams were not like pushing, being aggressive in mm-hmm. like a number of the matches I watched. And they're just sitting back and like slowing the pace of everything down. Like one guy on your team gets picked off. And you're like, oh, turtle, turtle, don't let, like, right. don't let this slip away. Like, they're being so protective, and it was Weird. such, like, it was just an interesting dynamic to watch, and it was different from, like, other esports that I feel like I've seen, where it is, yeah. like, you you just, like, got to keep going after it, keep trying to make plays, keep trying to grind it out, and they were like, nope, we're, we have a one-kill lead, we're going to just, well, like, Well, that was the thing, if you can like, win with that, yeah, why not? Yeah. No, exactly, oh, but, man, like, they're sitting back for, like, minutes and, like, until, like, all of a sudden someone makes a move. It was – it right. was just the dynamic of it was pretty interesting. But, man, yeah, I would love to have, like, a better quality of stream and viewer experience. But just in general, the game was interesting to watch. Like, I'm, I am I am already, like, intrigued by the Call of Duty League. Like, I'm not – a every week watcher but if i see it's on or i'll sometimes go back and watch matchups if i see anything crazy on twitter that like i'm not outside of the realm of watching it i don't think halo is going to become like a go-to game for me to watch if they don't improve what they have but um in general I, i it was interesting to like watch a bit of and kind of see and also there were so many players that were fucking like old heads, man. There were a number really? of players that uh, were, it seemed like a very decent mix of like players that have been around for like a while. So do you mean like these are names that you recognized? No, like watching through and hearing them kind of talk about gotcha, the teams gotcha. and everything, like guys who are just like much older. Um, like C9 had a couple of guys that are like, they have two 24-year-olds, but then they have a 31-year-old, a 28-year-old, and a 27-year-old. The 31-year-old's their coach, but like the, the age range, it like United, they have... Like thirty-year-old, twenty-eight, twenty-seven. Phase Clan has two thirty-year-olds. Like all of these, the ages. 
I'm so used to seeing Dude. such young people right playing in esports and to see that like the average age of these teams like over or of the players in this tournament was mm-hmm. probably over 26. We still have a chance, dude. We could be Halo pros. It's just it's wild. Like some yeah. of the, a lot of these guys probably were playing professional competitive Halo back mm-hmm. whenever right the last it. Halo game came out as the like young 18, 19, 20 year olds and now like almost a decade later they're right like, able to come back into the sport from their like proficiency in that game wow i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure the last competitive halo was halo 3 or maybe odst had a had a scene but yeah i think it was halo 3 i think it was too i don't think odst had one Gotcha. Um, but crazy stuff man it was it was kind of interesting to see Uh, yeah so faker was 16 for league of legends Damn. What's that say? What's that say? Halo is the fucking retirement esport. You could go there when you're all slow and faded. Yeah. Well, there, Damn, there's like, there's a couple of 18 year olds out there. There's a dude on Ascend who, uh, which also I like, I found it weird that, like, I had never heard of Ascend until the recent Valorant, like tournaments mm-hmm. and everything yep like a lot of these other teams navi optic like phase e united yeah. like there there are a lot of names that you recognize quadrant uh lando norris's team was in it um yep. so a lot of like teams that you recognize but then to see um yeah to see ascend in there i was like Oh, this is like the second time I've seen them lately. Like maybe they're—I don't know if they're just like a shooter kind of esports team or um, what. But it kind of caught my eye. Yeah, I'm not sure what their what their financial backing is like. How many how many different how many different esports they're trying to get into? But um, yeah, I think in the spirit of having a healthy esports community, I think you do need the shooter community to be thriving as well. It can't just be your MOBAs and your fucking RTSs and whatever. But yeah. there is something where, okay, why was it? Why was Halo Three the last fucking Halo game that had a competitive scene? Like there were other Halos in between. I just think if you want. In today's day and age where people aren't just playing your game, they're consuming your game as their TV show. That's the hoodie that they're buying. That's their that's the like the mouse that they want to get. You have to give them reasons to stay long term. And this is what I was talking about with the with the Valorant um Masters funnel series the Master Funnel series into the champions where um, the casters had access to insanely good data to where they way they were able to paint these narratives and paint these stories and and bring you moments from Reykjavik and Berlin and say, hey, remember when uh, remember when Nats was doing this back in Reykjavik? Well, here, look at this play. Like, this is Nats upgraded, right? Mm. You need to create a reason. And it's it's manufactured, obviously. You you just make it up. 
but mm -hmm. you have to create longevity and long-term interest with your game and there's something to be said where if people aren't playing your game because maybe they can't they're at work they're driving whatever if the esport is unwatchable unconsumable eventually it's gonna fade out of the mind i really believe if you want to have a strong competitive game in the market your esport has to be strong and watchable and have yeah. and have a good environment because it's it's people are going to gravitate to the other things that have these massive communities these massive tournaments to get behind you know yeah. well and when people are seeking out like like content for whatever their that interest is like when i was playing league of legends all the time i was on like the reddit league of legends subreddit was my home page on my browser oh, yeah. when i oh, yeah when i clicked chrome to open it up like it brought me to the league of legends subreddit that's it that's the mm -hmm. only thing that like popped up when i opened it and i would watch so many videos watch so much like professional content i would watch streamers i would yep. watch i'd read the patch notes i'd watch people's patch review like there's so much content i completely agree like you have to produce a good product and also market it properly like you can't just have this great thing and just be like yeah it's great and then like people are look at it and go what the fuck is that and you mm -hmm. can't like show why it's great like it may be the best product in the world it may be the best thing since sliced bread but if you can't showcase it to an audience and a market yeah. then why the fuck would anyone spend money on it mm -hmm. like yeah i think there's e even if halo infinite was the best game to come out in 2021 the way the way that they've packaged it for the competitive viewer the one that wants to see it at its highest level understand the veteran players get to know the teams and you know i want to learn about like oh where the sniper is on this map and what teams are really good at getting it like one of one of the most fun conversations that was on the broadcast of the valor and masters was listening to them break down fracture and the data that they had on fracture were like oh teams weren't sure like how to deal with like this push and that push if you watch this team they use ropes but blah 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 there's something about having informed viewers that to me seems like the right way to go about broadcasting and, and i think that's completely what my angle is coming from is you're just working with so little information on that halo stream oh, yeah. that it's hard to like well it's it's hard to know it's so difficult to know and like even with some of that stuff that they were like i said the casters were doing the best that they could sure. with what they were given because they did like explain that in one of the cloud nine matches they're like oh and i'm blanking on the dude's name here let me uh they're like oh uh like renegade like grabbed the in the like invisible cloak or whatever and then he was able to get the energy sword and like they were talking through like the play and everything but like without a map showing where things are like right. I don't know like did that was that just like map side preference did he take like a 
a weird path thing to like did he get dodge there? vision did of he, like yeah like what like those are those are important things to to see um and so it was difficult then, but also interesting um sure so just to just to piggyback on your note about the the casters describing a play maybe now we're actually figuring out maybe talking maybe bringing it against the casters isn't the right thing maybe without offloading some of the data management to the viewer maybe that actually gives maybe there's a a problem of too much information that these casters are like knowing that they have to like dish out and try and be aware of and and portray to the viewer so maybe it's a problem of uh, just like we're talking about data management where maybe the casters have too large of a responsibility now to you know and 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 now they don't know what to say or what the best way to portray it is because so many angles are like uncovered yeah, I think yeah. that like comes along a lot with the production team. Like they like yeah. the LCS casters aren't doing all of their research on their own. They're not finding all this stuff out. They have other analysts and people who are in their ear, in their mm-hmm. thing, like talking to them, feeding them data for whatever like topic that they are like taking the narrative like it's their Mm. job to work through it but they have people like working feeding them data like giving them information and so i think like similarly to what you're saying with fracture and valorant like that's something that riot has done phenomenally well in terms of their production and providing like as much or as little information as they can to the the on-screen talent to allow them to thrive and flourish Mm -hmm. and and put on a a good show without necessarily having to like uh like oh i think that this and i if i remember correctly it's like nah you you have all the information there at your disposal like the casters might even give the production team like, oh, these are the stats that I want to cover. Like, mm-hmm. these are things that I like looked up or whatever. And then they feed those. Oh, yeah. So like, yeah, Cloud9 had a like 75% win rate on red side and in this past like LCS season or whatever. Like they it, it's just overall like the the system is better in other esports and but there is still some like intrigue on the side of halo where i'm like it It could be something it's interesting but it can't i can't fully dive into it without the quality more data yeah the quality just has to improve Hmm. so okay but well i can appreciate that that's uh that's an interesting take you're you're definitely kinder to it than i was well, I, I also think that it did improve from the first sure. tournament as well. So, like, you were watching it very, even more raw than I was. So, I think mm-hmm. that probably is part of that um, difference as well. Sure. Um, but I know you had some League of Legends, uh, other esports, not LCS, not uh, uh, not regular season League of Legends, but. Yeah, we had the Demacia Cup. Uh, I didn't get to, I, I didn't catch like the full thing. I just checked in with it. Um, to be honest, I didn't even really realize it was going on. Um, so this is pre uh, LPL season. This is all 
Uh, I don't want to say it's all the LPL teams. I think it's I think it was most of the LPL teams. I'm pretty sure there were 24 teams in total that started out the tournament. They I think through. it's probably so it's um a mix of the LPL 1 through 16 yep. or no, sorry. 1 through 17 seed in LPL. Okay. Um then they have the LDL, which is the uh, kind of feeder yep. league. Yeah. Uh, so we're, there were three teams from that league. There were two academy teams um, that are separate from the LDL, and then two streamer teams. Gotcha. Okay. So this was like so this was like big China in-house tournament, basically. Also, um, the streamer ahead. teams did better than some of the well, the the two streamer teams in their group um, finished higher than JD Gaming, who is in the LPL. So that's pretty rough. <laughs> that is pretty rough. I'm curious what their roster looks like. They may have they may have like a bunch of like a young rank three, four, five, seven, and nine, you know, in the fucking oh, on yeah. the super server. You know what I'm saying? Like there are some in there are some insane motherfuckers over um over yeah. on the other side of the pond. Oh, hundred percent. They yeah. they have like just an insane talent pool over there. Um but yeah I just if their streamer that teams was... they could probably be much younger as well. Right? Um, I don't know what the contract rules are. It's probably 16. And I mean, sure. this it's this seems more like a Twitch rivals kind of thing than it does like an actual like big time tournament. Like if they're having no, the, streamer teams and they've all. They've held and, the like, Demacia Cup well, every year. I know they've had it, but like. Gotcha. It seems more like uh Are you calling into question the competitive integrity of the Demacia Cup, dude? Yes. I'm Damn. saying it's more of an exhibition tournament as opposed to like an actual serious right. tournament. I think you're like, right. Like if you're gonna have streamer teams in there, that's like oh like the um what was it, the all stars where they would have casters playing with like yeah. the different Fire LCS nice. pros and that everything where like Kobe is jungling and yeah. Freak is playing AD carry and <laughs> like, right, mark my words, when Faker comes back for a streamer team and whoops ass on some somebody you're gonna be like oh yeah dude i mean if fakers beating them they probably can't be that good dude i'm gonna be like it was an exhibition you're gonna be like yeah but it was faker dude well no but i would we'll I think, remember that way, i'd be like ah faker's still fucking good as a pro he's streamer still, like he's, he's still, still got it. it i was like you should still be in the fucking lck yeah. get him in there sign oh, him man sign that man eventually he's just wanna he's just gonna wanna make paper airplanes <laughs> well he may want to do that too but i was gonna I, I i was just thinking of some simple living where like you know he's just like no more minion killing i cannot kill another minion so many unnecessary lives have been ended <laughs> he's just like no more i will be a part of no more death just becomes a pacifist including yes. including yes. in video games like it's like if if I'm going to play, we're going to win by macro only. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Play, he, he only plays farming Senna. <laughs> Just sitting there, not last hitting anything, letting his support get him all the <laughs> all the souls. Oh man. 
that would be uh that would be a trajectory that well obviously we predicted it now but previous to this moment would have been unforeseen yeah back to the demacia cup though so a we had edg get knocked out in the five to eight stage so i think a that speaks to and just like we saw at the at the uh finals where edg beats don juan gaming they were not able to defend their defend their seat edg goes to the demacia exhibition tournament so it doesn't really matter but they go and they get knocked out literally the world champions do not win um you know it it went to tes and fpx in the final went to all five games pretty exciting um overall i would just like to comment the meta has shifted a little bit we've had a bunch of patches since worlds obviously we've got different dragons on the board now we've got the hextech dragon and the chemtech dragon um so changes are being made there some fun stuff but picking bands i wanted to throw at you so a lot of the picks were pretty common um we saw late action bands i think mainly on red side in some of the later knockout stages so that was kind of cool but bands corky caitlin nidalee bands coming through primarily um in the knockout stage so very different than what was the prio a couple months ago. Well, and so I've like I was actually talking with um, Willie, my roommate, about it a little bit. Um, nice. And just in general, because he's been playing a lot of solo queue, he's like grinding and everything. Um, and he had been diamond at one point. He even told me today uh, he was um, playing a game and. Uh, just a normals game and ended up in a game with the fifth ranked player in NA on the ladder yeah. right now. So like he's he like in his he's up there. He's playing. He like, knows what, he was he knows like leveling a new account and everything. He was ending up in games with like Grandmaster and like some really high up players. So he's kind of seeing a lot of the the meta and all and quirky and like different hyper carry ADCs are extremely strong right now. Mm. Um the um wits end is like a huge part of that just because yeah. of the damage and the protection and everything that it gives um but he was basically saying like the amount of like it's the game is in a weird state right now because so many defensive items they've adjusted them and changed them to give them offensive stats as well um like spirit visage like wits end like a lot of these different items like why why build infinity edge that's just all it out attack damage when you can like build a wits end and do almost as much ad and have all this protection and everything right. so like ash caitlin like a lot of those kinds of ad carries are strong Quirky is very strong because Mm -hmm. the Hydra procs that like Hydra is no longer a melee only item. So his it um, just gets halved, but even that half or whatever with his it procs off his E. So Uh, when he's doing the little spray thing, it's giving Hydra procs on all the hits of that. Wow. So like Quirky is disgustingly strong right now because of the the Hydra, Um, and so. It was it was interesting like hearing him talk about that and then I watched um, a patch breakdown yesterday 
of like the 12.1 patch and everything and there yeah. were i believe two only two champion buffs mm-hmm. two champion nerfs and a couple of item adjustments it was very very minor changes going into gotcha. the, the season and all like um i think they exactly to be slightly, the one patch i that's what i don't know i i forgot to check into that before the episode um but I bel- it's the first patch of season 12, like officially gotcha. no longer preseason. So I would think that it would be. Um, sure. Or at least close to what's going to be live January 14th. Yep. So coming up, I, I can't imagine there will be another patch before then. Um, but Gangplank got buffed. Uh, his Q got buffed. So yep. he is going to be um, coming back pretty strong and all. Um but yeah, it'll be, uh, I think, very different from what we saw before, just primarily due to like some different item changes and things like that, and not as much due to any sort of like nerfs and buffs of champions. We won't be seeing as much of the assassins, though. Oh yeah, uh, except, well, maybe a couple. Diana was the other champion that got a, a slight buff to jungle. It was primarily to jungle minion damage and things mm-hmm. like that so gotcha. um maybe making the clear a little bit easier yeah i think so oh. so she will probably get some good play time in um in the professional leagues as well but yeah it's been uh like talking to him and getting some insight on the current state of things and all in the meta and then like seeing like you said like corky caitlin nidalee these kind of hyper carry style champions um getting perma banned through the demacia cup is um it's going to be a different uh very different meta than what we saw at worlds i feel like yeah especially coming in i i'm curious how aggressive some of these regions are going to be uh we still saw leona um in the finals and in the knockout stages of the demacia cup so obviously uh, teams are still trying to go burr um prioritizing roaming prioritizing winning uh, pressure in the 2v2 at least um so that's uh yeah that's pretty exciting but uh yeah the demacia cup overall just an exhibition tournament um but uh yeah i i just think it was fun to fun to look at because one of the big things that caught my eye obviously was that just edg got knocked out this esport moves pretty quickly it does, and the uh, the competitiveness in the LPL, it feels like patch to patch teams are different. Like an FPX, even though they they went all the way to the finals, like um, that is with the a lineup without do and be. Um, they the the lineup is pretty different from what I uh, remember seeing from them in. Uh, the past couple of years so well they should have they got they made a pretty rough showing this past year of worlds not getting out of groups was i think that was a big wake-up call for fpx and the organization yeah i would i would say so but like clid didn't play um doing b of course is uh no longer on the team he is over yep. on lng now yep. um so there have been uh, a few different uh players and all but gory uh in the mid lane and then instead of clid bashan in the jungle um 
different lineup, but still some good consistency um, for their team. So, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Now, were there were there any other um, esports things that you wanted to hit? Any other topics? No, I think that kind of covers it on that end. So nice. we can nice. move along to some of the Magic the Gathering talk that we've got for for this week. Yeah, we had some uh, got to play some webcam games over Spell Table, which is always really fun. Um, haven't played in person in a while. I think there was um, some illness, some work, and a bunch of other stuff. So we haven't seen Ian, Jason, and Brett in a good bit. But um, still, some good, uh, still some good magic to be played. I would like to start here. I ordered some, so. I dabbled first with the idea of proxies by, you know, uh, sizing it up, printing it out and, you know, putting it in front of a basic land and like, okay, cool. That's my, that's my jeweled Lotus. But after shuffling, after seeing them on camera, I'm like, man, seeing that like mountain at the top of my ill fit, you know, mox diamond, let's see what we can do. So I went online, I found, uh, I found a nice service that's making proxies so I ordered a couple of handmade proxies and I have to say I was blown away by the quality. They look very similar. Um well, yeah, they they look exactly the same. It's you know, it's just a matter of the backing and whatnot. Um but it felt really cool to slide them in knowing that a, I didn't pay the insane premium for them, but they still like look good. They feel good, um, and I can still, you know, get the effect of that game piece. Because after long conversations with Sarah, I really came to the conclusion like I, I truly just want to think of them as game pieces that I'm playing with to gain an effect in the game. I don't want to think of them as like these like cardboard financial investments that I'm playing like show and tell with. Right. Cause there's, there's this weird sense of that sometimes. Um, but the proxies, they, they came, they got here. They're fucking beautiful. I'm super happy. And nice. I think it's going to be a route that I go, uh, much more in the future as a way to access powerful cards, but not break the bank. Cause nobody I'm playing with online gives a fuck. And even if I go this, this way, no one will even know the difference. Cause they're, they're fucking immaculate. They're beautiful. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was sweet. That's kind of cool that you can like, just do that for proxies and like, mm-hmm. get yeah, that's, yeah. that's awesome. And there's a world where people have, you know, you're not even beholden to the original art. As long as you know, you have, uh, certain elements of the card, like mana cost, name, maybe a description of what it does, things like this. Um, as long as you have the spirit of the card left, a, a lot of people appreciate like having different art or altered art, or you know, have it painted on or whatever. Um, people definitely appreciate adding flavor. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's fun and definitely a route that I'm going to look into more. Um, there's a and this was this was the next angle that I was getting into. So when you order cards, cards come out of decks. And as I've talked about before, I love using this opportunity to just like get rid of cards that I know I'm not going to use, put them all in the bulk bin, and just you know plan to offload them, turn them into something better. Um, so 
in you know making swaps i was able to pull a bunch out at had me look critically at other cards in my binder i kind of reorganized things a little bit and said like you know this is a card that's cool i like the art i like this idea or blah 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 so i use that in organizing i said well i can put those in these binders i'm not like wasting space or using up space but also it's not a card that i'm thinking like when I flip through it in the binder, I'm going to look and say like, oh, can that go in this deck? I'm building a red deck. This is a red card. Does that go in the deck? Because I'm never going to put it in, in, in a deck. I don't want it in a deck. I just think it's cool. I just want to look at it, right? So I yeah. kind of made some of those separations and, and I made hard evaluations of cards. I was like, am I going to care to have this in a year? Do I want to play with this? So many decks I went through and blah, blah, blah. Obviously another, you know, cut phase and but it felt really good to do because um, I was building a new deck, uh, Lesha, who smiles at death. She's an older commander, but um, I had bought her a while back and she was in the cube and I'm making changes to the cube, putting more powerful cards in there. I want to put some proxies in there. Um, so just like a bunch of things moving and shaking and it feels really good. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And then another angle, so a lot of that I know you can't really comment on. It's, you know, me just whatever. But now let me throw this at you. What do you think about parasocial relationships on like social media and the internet? Is there a sense in which, because this is, this is an issue that I've experienced in being like invited to these games and playing with some of these people where... I'm having this like weird sense of like familiarity. And this was my original gripe with social media, where it felt like people that I wouldn't want reaching out to me were just able to reach out to me by virtue of being just like on the same internet space. And that to me felt weird. And I'm experiencing like the flip side of it, where I'm like, how much access do I really have to these people just by virtue of you know, playing with them or chatting with them once or twice, right? Because yeah. what I'm finding is in maybe one or two scenarios that, you know, I don't have to elaborate really, but it may be one or two scenarios where um, maybe I thought there may have been a little bit more of a back and forth not not anything. So that made me think of, so maybe, and you know, I don't want to say anybody's a bad person, but it just makes me look critically at the types of possible relationships that can crop up when you're, when you're dealing in this world of like over the internet. I think it, it's something that takes just a lot more social awareness to navigate. Um, yeah. I think that in the grand scheme of things, it really is a like person to person to person like basis that you have to kind of like think about things in a certain way because you don't know, like you have never physically been in person with those people that you're seeing and everything to the point that you can read their body language, read like their whatever like anything over text or uh, like over messaging uh and everything where you're not having as personal of an interaction is um 
able to be misinterpreted more easily. Yeah, um, big time. And so, like, there are probably people out there that are, like, just friendly to people because they, like, are, don't know how to be like, hey, I'm sorry, I'm not interested in chatting, I just want to play some games, like, that's right. it, that's all I'm here for. Like, but they feel awkward or uncomfortable or, like, bad about being, like, a dick, even though they're just, like protecting what they are there for um and like advocating for themselves and all um it's so it it is weird like because there are also people out on social media who are pushing for interaction and want people to reach out to them and want people to like be in contact with them and share stories and share tips and tricks and like hear what they have to say and like interact and so like it really i feel like you have to be able to um kind of have thick skin to some extent because like yeah you could message someone and they're just like not talk to you block you like ignore you like tell you to fuck off like whatever um and like that's not necessarily because you did anything wrong it's just because you're offering something that they're not interested in Sure. And that's like totally okay from their perspective. Yeah. Yeah. And so like you just have to kind of navigate and like build like your group up of people like based on those interactions that you have. But it's such a different dynamic than like being able to be in person and like like you you can read body language and like things so much easier than you can like read the context of a a text message or a discord dm or whatever yeah it's uh it's big time tough and that's been an element over you know playing playing with some of these guys it's um it's 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 interesting and i'm not saying that i've been treated poorly in any way no, I didn't. I didn't take that as you have. Just that you come it's across an, situations that yeah, you're just, just an like, observation about uh, things like, going. I on. did not get the feedback that I expected to when I when I sent that, or I did not like. Right. What came back was not what was intended to right. to come from that. So well, and then you find because like you're talking about and. And and more, I want to like turn the light on me. It's 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 not even anything that these individuals are doing wrong. Like that's I think that's what I'm getting at. Where it's like I'm I it it's not something I really have like grown up with. So there's obviously a lot of elements that I'm just like missing and uh, you know think of it like I'm trying to like speak Italian, but people are like. Oh, doesn't he know that means like cunt actually, you know, and it's when I'm just like looking for the table or looking for the bathroom or something. So overall, I I'm, I'm just like, damn, man, this is the, these are murky waters. Yeah. I feel like there are ways that, um, if a group really wanted to, I think of it as kind of like at one point I had heard about, um, stores like retail stores where when you walk in, like you take a red or a green bag and a green bag means that like you're cool with like the salespeople and the associates like approaching you and asking like, Oh, like, can I help you? What are you looking for? Like, and then the red bag was like, Nope, I'm here to shop. Like, leave me the fuck alone. I'm not like, I don't right. want any, like whatever. I'll ask you if I want. Right. Uh, but don't come up to me kind of thing. 
And so, like, I think that there could be a way that Discord, like, groups or, or online groups could be, like, have a flare or something like they have on Reddit where it's, like, you, bag, like, bag. you have a, yeah, like, I'm, I'm here to, like, connect with people and chat and talk about the game and, like, whatever. And then someone who's, like, I'm strictly here to play games, to get games in, to watch other people play, and to not talk to anyone. Like, right. uh, like the guy who goes down to the YMCA and is shooting hoops, and they're like just hit, sitting there by themselves, knocking down buckets again and again and again. Like you ask them if they want to play one on one or play like like join in, and they're like, Nah, I'm good. I'm just gonna keep shooting, keep working on. Yep. Like yep. until. Uh, like I'll play when I want to play. I'm yep. here to like yep. do my thing. Yep. Um. So and, and I respect the fuck out of that guy. Mm, yeah. Oh, absolutely. There's yeah, nothing yeah, wrong yeah. with either guy. It's just that there's not a, a easily differentiable. I think I, that's probably not the right word, but there's not a way. There's not a way to easily differentiate. Yeah. Between someone who is there for one thing and another thing. Because they're all in the same community, right? To some level, but you can't really tell necessarily, other than the people that like you always see are on every single time. Like they're in the Discord games, they're like in the chat, they're met, they're like right. It's hard. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough, but there've been uh, you know. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's fun. It's enjoyable. Obviously, it's something. It's a problem that I hope to have with our community. Um, I hope people want to like you know talk about talk about games and talk about races with us. I I hope people want to uh, you know just shoot the shit eventually. Um, yeah, definitely. But yeah, it's uh it's an interesting thing, and and I think it was part of my original gripe with you know Facebook and all that. Um, so it's just interesting getting a little bit closer to it and realizing like, like m- m- man, just because this program is showing that like you know you're on the same thing, you're like you have access to the same tools, that doesn't necessarily mean that you like right that you should yeah. have anything to do with each other at any given time yeah. two um, people can go to the gym and one could be just trying to get some exercise in and the other one could be training to be a professional power lifter like and right. you like you right. guys are in the same building but very different on different ends of the spectrum and the so. tank top would look similar fair yep Yes, it would. But yeah, so those are those are just some interesting quandaries I've run into lately. And and like I said, I, I've been in no way slighted. I've met nothing oh, yeah. but good people and have good games and good times. These are just based on some observations. Uh, the, these are just questions that have come up and I just find them interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's like yeah. a, a cool social kind of dynamic and experiment to some extent. So but an insanely modern one like oh, that yeah. to me is what's so fascinating about it like f- four people playing over camera in their own homes like with their hands it's it's a it's a very very different dynamic uh that you know you don't uh you don't see all the time so yeah i'm, I'm glad we were able to talk about it it's fun no it's very cool um but i guess that kind of brings us towards the end of the show here um yeah 
so we can get into the flavor of the week. Yeah, for um, sure. Give me yours. I've been talking forever. No, you're good. Um, so for my food for this past like holiday break, uh, right before New Year's, Colleen and I were going to go out to we decided that we want to do a thing where we like have a nice dinner before the new year as just like a end of year tradition. We're going to go to this really, um, from what we've heard, like really good, uh, Israeli restaurant that has like months out that you have to book the reservations. Um, but we ended up actually canceling it because we were just concerned about being like out and about and like with all the crazy covidness and all so instead um we stayed in i had gotten her some different truffle oils for uh christmas as part of her gift she really likes truffle oil and truffle anything yeah so she made a, a truffle aioli um taste. I, I cooked up some uh i cooked up some filet um, we made some filet, some asparagus, some pierogies, had the truffle aioli with the asparagus and pierogies and uh, had a, just a nice meal. It was it was solid. Yeah. I, I got the steak just right, which does not always happen. So um, it was it was all good. Uh, so that was my food. It was it was uh, fun to cook that all up for my music. Um, Right before Christmas, so I didn't really listen to much Christmas music. I don't. I've talked about it, I think, before, but my problem is it's the same songs like every year. I get bored of it. I get bored of the same thing again and again. That's just like my, like who I am. Yeah, for sure. So to combat that, Colleen and I, when we were driving around and like doing Christmassy things, we we're like, ah, oh, it's like three days till Christmas. We should probably listen to some Christmas music. That's we funny. like were getting your fill. We were just like, like she was DJing as I'm driving, and like we're just picking out the most random, like just different christmas songs like i didn't want to hear oh holy night or have yourself a merry little christmas but like fucking uh in sync christmas or backstreet boys or they're like, still singing that song like they're still well, singing. no but they have some of their own like we're avoiding the mainstream oh, songs dude, and doing no the way like, that those can be good there it was entertaining though sure, there was sure. like i'll give you that it was it was different but even like other things like pentatonics like that one like some of their Ooh. christmas music Lindsay sterling who plays the like electric okay. violin like shit like that um like going into like listening to the snoop dog Mar- like christmas song that was part of the production of pitch perfect three i think mm-hmm. or two or whatever where yeah. like he's like in there like jamming out like we listened to that like it was Wait. so that that was fun to just kind of like dive into the weird random christmas songs that aren't just the generic like normal ones that you share on the radio um and to kind of get our like christmas like music entertainment um in a little bit of a different way i guess i can appreciate that that's cool so um then for my visual medium uh the my visual medium is the matrix so i didn't I had only seen bits and pieces of those movies and like at some point in my life I was just like 
I can't just tell people that I've never seen the Matrix movies because people mm-hmm. are going to be like, what the fuck? Like, those came out decades ago. And so mm-hmm. I thought I had missed the, the train and I was resigned to never seeing the Matrix movies all the way through. Okay. Um, but there's like a new Matrix movie that's coming out or mm-hmm. came out or whatever on mm-hmm. HBO. And so we were on like on HBO. I saw that the Matrix, the original was on there. And so I like went back and watched that the other day. Um, and I was like, okay, like this is like, it's so, it's so dated in so many aspects of it. Like, they're using phone booths as their like telephone connection in and out of the matrix and like all of the like hacker binary code looking stuff just streaming around and all like uh it's like it's not it i saw a tweet the other day it's like i always thought hackers were like these people that were like coding and doing all this crazy stuff when really they're just like people sending emails to the elderly saying, can I have your password? And the, the person like giving them the password, like it was, it was just funny to see like the thought of, I guess that came out around like, or like early two thousands or so. Yeah. With the fucking leather and the black oh God, fucking that was, glasses. That's what I was about to go to. Like Dude, the, like the it's wardrobe laughable. was, yeah. the wardrobe was brutal. All the of them are wearing like spins. Well, like all of them are wearing these ridiculous leather dusters, like mm-hmm. trench coat dusters. I'm just like, yo, like why? Yeah. Who, who thought that was okay? Well, um, hey, if you stick around to the credits, it'll tell you. But oh yeah, <laughs> but I was I was pretty entertained uh, by that. It was something that I was like, I should have probably seen it a while ago. So, uh, so you taking... watched Resurrection? N- no, I've I'm gonna I'm planning to continue watching Hell through. Yeah. Uh, just because I feel like at this point, now that I started it, I have to. But so far, I've only watched the original Matrix, and I was like about to start the second one, um, but I haven't haven't gotten there. I just watched the first one like two days ago. So. Very cool, very cool. Well, welcome <laughs> to the fold. I don't know if it's cool, but <laughs> it's <laughs> relevant to me. Yeah. So it it is cool. It's it, but it's like the Beatles. Like if you weren't there at the time. It loses a lot of its luster. Like part of the greatness about it was it's like its point in cinema history. Like that was groundbreaking at the time. But you go back after seeing like, you know, Avatar and, you know, uh, fucking Jimmy Fallon in Blackface and Tropic Thunder. Like you're like, wow, every trick really has been done. And that isn't that cool anymore. So, you know. However, Justin however, hates the Beatles, everyone. Justin, that's what he just said. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Um, but no, there's uh, there's something about the ideas that they wrestle with and whatever. I think I think there's something there. But yeah, like the wardrobe fucking Keanu Reeves is like the Chris, the male Kristen Stewart. Just no emotion fucking flat. It's so boring. 
He's it's, not like a dynamic actor at all. No, and it's like er like I feel like all of the acting is not very good. Yeah, it's rough. But like I'm I'm now questioning is that just the acting of the time period and have we like progressed further no, past that or was acting. it that bad? No, that's just acting, bro. Like that's just what it is. Yeah. Like like so it it makes me question the whole it makes me question the whole institution. Why is Keanu Reeves like so like sucked off? Couldn't tell you, man. Couldn't tell you. I don't know. But yeah, I yeah, whatever. I don't, I don't care about any of it. Yeah, but that is uh my flavor of the week. How That's about fun, you? Dude. Um Matrix fucking Resurrection, best movie of the year. That's my flavor of the week, dude. Is it actually? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, no, I'm definitely just kidding. No, my visual medium is The Witcher 2, uh, Witcher Season mm-hmm. 2. It was pretty good. Nice. Um, although, there's something like... Just be done, dude. Just tell your story and finish it. Just finish it. Stop Stop bringing me in for 100 years. Like, there... There, there, there is a point where I have to check out. Like, if 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 it's not done on season three, and this is, I'm just using this as an example. This is pretty much anything. Like, if you're not done by the second or third season, if you're not wrapping shit up tight, if the character development isn't there, like if The Witcher is still around in seven years, where Henry Cavill shipped out, they have a new one, they work it into the story, where oh, they can die. This is the new Witcher, and just like keep it rolling, folks. There's something where I'm like, it stops being this like piece of art that I enjoyed and it just mm. becomes like a product. That makes so sense. I hesitate to like, oh, well, this, you know, this was really good because even the season two had elements of like, oh, OK, where is this really going? You know, it's gotcha. like, are these elements just to keep telling a story or are you or are you taking the time necessary to tell the story you want to tell? Or are you just continually continuing to talk? Just like always building for it to be extended instead of to tell. Yeah, I gotcha. Okay. Yes. So I have hesitations there with anything. However, this was pretty cool. I, I really like Henry Cavill in the role. I think it fits him well. So far, it's like it's it's compelling. It's dark. Um, so yeah, it's still really fun, but also if you have it, F1 TV, those docu-series, man, super well, interesting. I need to figure out with that. Um, cause part of the reason that I don't watch as much of the F1 stuff as I could is there's no app for the fire stick that I've found mm, that yeah. I can play the F1 TV. Cause like, there's no app, F1 I use, app. I, well, but there is, there's an F1 there's TV app on my phone. But right. then I have to stream my phone to my TV and then right. I can't like do anything with my phone and then it right. overheats because it's sitting there streaming for at, like it's uh, not a good way to do it. No, like they, yeah. the F1 TV just make an Amazon app like for Fire Stick so that I can watch F1 TV on my Fire Stick. Yeah, but if you get to them, those are those are really fun. Nice. I'll have to check them out um, as I have time. So, yeah. 
So, a couple of visual medium things. Sarah made her ham bone soup. That's fucking amazing. Um, not as good as your uh, steak dinner, I'm sure. That sounded banging, by the way. Um, and then for music, we've been doing this, like, fun thing. I think it's been building for a while. So, we have this knack for, like, getting songs into each other's head. So, we've just started tracking it. And now, there's, like, this interesting game developing where, like... We're just singing songs around each other, trying to get the other person to sing the song. And we have like a scoreboard up on the fridge. And it's funny. <laughs> yeah. So we're like tallying it up at the end of every month. And then and then the idea is to win like a, like a, a date ticket where we can come up with like an idea and like cash it in and plan and like go and do it. So it's oh, just nice. kind of a way to, you know, just whatever, ah, get things moving. That's um, cool. But currently she is in the lead for January, but I won December. Nice. Which, which, in in all fairness, we only had it for like a week, but uh, I did win. Well, I have this. I I'm curious to hear about this more because I feel like Colleen and I would get a, a kick out of that because, like, every morning practically when I'm driving to work, she's just singing some random song like while I'm on the phone with her, and I'm like, go. "Where did you hear that?" She's like, "Reels on Instagram or like TikTok," and I'm like. It's just yep. like the one repeated section of a song. And I'm like, I'm like, and then if it gets stuck in your head and you catch yourself singing it, okay. she gets a point. It has. Yeah. There so that go. would be, that's pretty funny. I think. I'll, uh, yeah, that might be something I'll, I'll continue to listen uh, to see how it goes. And, and that might be something we have to. Unless start. you catch yourself singing hers all the time, then you might, you might just want to not. Yeah, well, we'll see, because I just, I don't do that, like, naturally. I don't do the whole just, like, casually singing stuff, so. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, yeah, you're not as uh, flamboyant as I am. That's I, not dude, how I, I would I put it. around here in a tutu, brother, singing songs. Hell yeah, love it. Yeah, but that's my flavor of the week. I took up too much time. Oh, all good, man. Um, well, I guess that does bring us to the end of the episode then. Uh, so first episode of our third season. Uh, we are back after our winter break. Very happy to be here. Happy to be putting out content again and looking forward to this upcoming year. Um, Justin, take us on out. Just want to say, as usual, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Every like, every subscribe, every comment super helps us out. Uh, let us know what you thought in the comments. Just tell us how you feel. Uh, again, just thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. This has been another episode of the Tall and Short of It podcast. Peace out, everyone. Later. And I don't have the thing queued up. Give me a second. That's all good. Bam. Thank you.